Hi, my name is Effie Blue, and this is the Curious Fox podcast. In this episode, we're collaborating with our friends at Grown Up Questions, a podcast about tackling the lifelong process of becoming adults. The hosts, Ben and Hannah, a brother and sister, attended our spring soiree, where we explored love languages to make sense of the way they connect to one another. You can listen to other episodes of Grown Up Questions wherever you listen to podcasts. Enjoy the episode. So, Ben. Hannah. Ben. Hannah. Ben. Stop it. <laughs> I'm Ben Green. I'm Hannah Green. We're brother and sister, and we're trying to grow up. On today's episode... Hannah and I redesign our sibling-slash-roomy relationship with the help of relationship coach Effie Blue and the philosophy of relationship by design. And we attend Curious Fox's Love Language Spring Soiree. From my womb to my tomb, I guess I'll always be a child. We have been discussing a lot on this podcast of ours about how to grow up kind of independently of each other. You know, like, how can we come of age? You and you, Ben, over there coming of age and me, Hannah, over here coming of age. True. I was thinking that maybe this episode we could talk about how we could grow up inside of our own relationship, like how we can have a really adult sibling relationship. It's true. As a sibling podcast, we should be representative of good sibling relationships everywhere. What do you think is a way in which we are currently pretty grown up as as siblings? The thing about our grown up relationship as siblings that's the strongest is that and may, this might be because we live together, we resolve our conflicts in a way that I really like. When 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 we see that there's a conflict between us and when we have a, some kind of fight about it, after the first interaction, which is usually pretty short, we go to our separate corners, cool off, and then come back together and have a really measured, vulnerable conversation where it's like, for me, it feels like this is what's happening. How does it feel like for you? You know, we ask each yeah. other that question yeah. and then we hear out we hear out what each other is saying and then we acknowledge what the other person has felt and say, okay, I'm going to be more mindful of that. So I, I think that like, I think we do that pretty quickly after we notice that a conflict is out in the open, which I like. Yeah, I think that our conflict resolution is definitely adult and I'm proud of us. Yay us. Yes. End I of episode. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're good. We're solid on the conflict resolution management um, area of, of our relationship. What do you think is the most grown up part of our relationship? Uh, I think that the way we handle finances is really grown up. You know, you handle certain utilities. I handle others. There's no problem with that. You pay me back as soon as I need it. We, you know, split things down the middle very easily. Or sometimes we do nice things for each other. Or sometimes we don't keep track and that's okay. Uh, you know, I just feel like we have a very fluid, fair, um, but not overly demanding financial sharing relationship. Yeah. Thanks to Venmo, we have never had to knock on each other's doors or and say, where's that 20 bucks? Yeah, like, please pay me, dude. Like, that just sucks. And I feel like we don't we don't ever do that, which is nice. Also, um, we get to track our life events based on our Venmo interactions. I know. It's so strange. What a strange piece of information. To share with everyone you know, if you want. I know. And people people do joke that we sort of pass the same, like, 10 bucks or so back and forth forever. But I do think that it is... Um, it's still very adult to feel like 
It's not an issue. There's no drama around it. It's just money. It's just numbers. And no one's like, hey, uh, you can't touch my oat milk. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're very sharing with uh, with oat milk and the like. Mm-hmm. I agree. What do you think is the least grown up thing about her relationship? Um, the state of the kitchen. Oh, my God. <laughs> you mean the kitchen that only I use? I know. But that's like yeah. that's like if you don't even go to the park and you're like, there's that guy sitting on that park bench every day. And it's like, well, yeah, he's using the park. <laughs> I don't know. I think every morning that you wake up, things should just look perfect. I think that they should look non messy, but it's okay if they look a little bit lived in. Yeah, I don't believe in that. I think that things should always look just like a clean, like like you just bought it. That's gross. That's Stepford wifey. Oh, it's just the the key to sanity. Anyway, I feel like this is a difference of opinion and less of a grown-up issue. Yeah, I mean, this, this is just the friction of having any roommate, is that you're going to have different tolerances for cleanliness. That said, the counters are sticky. Excuse me, I use 409 of them at least twice a week. Yeah, but then they're streaky. Okay, but I don't know how to keep them from being streaky. You have to try harder. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, moving on. What What's one thing that you would say would be a way to increase the grown-upness of our relationship? Like, what's one area for improvement? Well, one thing that I wish was better is, like, I feel like when I come home at the end of the day and I want to talk to you about my day, I want to talk to you about, like, ugh, I had this thing happen at work today. I think it exhausts you. And I wish that I could figure out how, at those sort of stressful times... I don't want to exhaust you, you know, I want to figure out a way for us to be together. But I also don't want to feel like I'm keeping myself all pent up and not able to like communicate that I had a rough day. Yeah, I mean, kind of the tough challenge for me there is I don't want you to feel like you can't communicate those things to me either. But you're right in the fact that at the end of my day, I've spent the whole day talking to people and I do end up sort of finding the task of listening and responding to be very challenging at the end of the day, just since that's my whole day. So I think what you're experiencing is less about me wanting to uh, avoid, you know, hearing about your day and more just about uh, being out of gas. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you want to keep it really light at the end of the day. And I I get that you want to talk about like mounting your TV in your bedroom or like the new clock that you got for your wall or I don't know. Something or nothing long, or nothing at all. And for me, like I've kept it pretty light and pretty surface all day long. I've just been like sitting at my computer working away on stuff and like sending emails and editing videos. And at the end of the day, I'm looking to like open my mouth pretty much for the first time all day. So you and I are coming into the end of the day with a totally opposite yeah, just experience. Like really different experiences. You're literally coming at it from a place of like, let's talk about everything. And I'm coming at it from a place of like, let's stop talking about everything. <laughs> let's stop talking about everything. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think it would be great if if one of the next sort of adult journeys in our relationship would be to figure out how we can both be there for each other in an adult, you know, nurturing, compassionate way that doesn't exhaust either of us or, or isn't difficult for either of us. For us to have the most grown up experience. Yes, because optimization is the name of the game, is the name of the growing up game. Mm -hmm. And it's not just as a sibling thing, but it's like we're roommates, too. I mean, we see each other at the end of the day every day, more or less, unless, you know, one of us doesn't come home for some fun reason. Hey. Yeah, right. That's right. That was such an awkward response. You started it. <laughs> you started it and then left me swimming at it. And it was just like, you should just swim in this and figure it out. Yeah, I was hoping that you would, you know, swim, not sink. 
I sunk. You know, actually, I have a friend who is an expert on this very issue. Um, she helps people design their relationships. And I think that actually she might have some good insight for us. Do you think I should talk to her? That sounds good. You should talk to her. I will. That sounds good. You should talk to her. I'll tell you what she has to say. That sounds good. You should talk to her. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, Miss Effie Blue, hello. Hello, Benjamin. How Thank are you for you? joining me. You are most welcome. Thanks for having me on your show. Well, thanks for sitting on my couch. <laughs> <laughs> so, I've briefed you a little bit, but... Hannah and I are, we are trying to maintain the grown-upness of our relationship. Mm -hmm. And uh, you seem to be the best person for us to talk to because of Relationship by Design. But maybe you could start off by telling us a little bit about what you do. Sure, absolutely. So I'm a relationship coach. I specialize in uh, open relationships. I coach around this idea of relationship by design. I think that we should actively and consciously design our relationships in a way that everybody in them can thrive, right? And that's really the reason that I wanted to talk to you because my sister and I have obviously no sexual relationships. Sure, yeah. Let's be really clear. Mm -hmm, good, <laughs> good um, to know. <laughs> you know, check. Um, <laughs> um, but we do want to effectively design our relationship in a way that we are happy with the time that we spend together, what limited time that she and I do have at the end of our day. You Absolutely, know? because ultimately a relationship is a relationship, right? And then if that relationship is a romantic one, then you design the sexual part as well to add to that relationship the idea of relationship by design absolutely applies to all relationships in your life your professional ones your family your friends your lovers your partner all of the above great where would you normally start put relationships to one side for a second i want to get people to think about this idea of by design right what does that mean and a good way that i can get people to sort of think about it is that if i told you that i had magical powers sometimes i do <laughs> and that if I was to snap my fingers that I was going to manifest your dream home all you have to do is describe to me in as much detail as you can what that dream home is for you and it could be anything so you have to sort of think about it in a really open-minded creative way it could be a, a tree house in the Amazon or a biodome under the Pacific right think about your life and things that are important to you, and then what that looks like in your domestic environment. The examples I give people is, I'm a keen cook, so I love cooking, and I love cooking with friends, and I love having dinner parties, and I love experimental cooking. So in my dream home, there'll be a massive kitchen with like multiple ovens and a, and a built-in sous vide, and then I would have this like one of those big long farm tables where I can like gather friends and we can all sit and eat and and sort of have fun, right? So I think about what's important to me, which is this idea of cooking in a community kind of way. And then what that looks like for me in domestic environment is this amazing kitchen that I could imagine. What about you, Ben? What would you have in your dream house? Based on what's happening right now, I'm imagining in my dream house, I'd probably have to have a recording studio so that I could have people over and talk, uh, uh, you know, make podcasts. Yeah, right? Yeah. And there would probably be like snack bowls that would slowly come down from the <laughs> ceiling mm -hmm. and, it, and it's, it's voice activated. It's like chips, perfect exactly exactly can you see how that kind of thinking that creative problem solving could apply to designing your time with hannah we think about that we have two hours 
to spend together and we design it like our like you would design this room in the house you're like okay i need this and you need that so we need to design this two hours in a way that gives us both absolutely well what i want from my experience with hannah in those few hours. Let's sort of start with when, when are those two hours? Okay. Yeah. Well, there is occasionally a couple hours when Hannah and I can hang out after she and I both come home from work. Okay, great. So a school night. Yes. And after, you know, an evening starting probably around what, 7, 8 PM? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And then leading into 10, 10 30. Yeah. So okay. there's a few hours there on occasion. It's not, it's not every night of the week. Mm-hmm. I'm like, coming home at the end of the day. And it may be the first time that she and I have really had a chance to talk for a longer period of time mm-hmm, in a mm-hmm. while. So I'm looking to like hear about what she's been going through or what she needs to get off of her chest and what I need to get off my chest and lead from there into, you know, funny stories like that sort of, I'm hoping for a conversation that kind of starts with this sort of light angst release that mm-hmm. you need mm-hmm. or that I need, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which I'm learning is not something that she really wants to mm-hmm, be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, What she's looking for from those two hours is for it to be like a little bit more escapist and Mm -hmm. light. Like she likes to talk about, she likes to decorate her room. So she'll show me what she's been decorating Mm -hmm. her room with lately. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, she wants to talk about like trips that she could plan or that we are planning. Mm -hmm. She and I are planning a vacation together. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't really want to talk about what happened at my job or what happened at her job, unless it's like really weighing on her if, if it's really heavy she mm-hmm. just doesn't want to like go she doesn't really want to talk about the past you know mm-hmm. sure what i'm hearing is that those few hours that you have in the evening you seem to have a need for connection and to be heard is that does that sound about right yeah 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 and she seems to have a need for space she wants it to be well she does like to have her space she does really like to have her quiet time mm-hmm. and time that we spend together she prefer that it was like She would like to be like watching a movie or Mm -hmm. if we are going to go out, then she would like it to be spent, you know, just doing whatever the activity is that we're doing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And what I'm also hearing is that you want connection, but you also want a specific type of connection where you kind of get to rant and debrief your day. I feel like I want to rant and debrief a little bit, but I don't want her to feel, you know, used. I don't want her to feel Mm. like she's being drained by hearing about some iteration of a problem that I've, you know, may or may not have been having for a while. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. First of all, have you had this conversation with her? You know, if you're going to follow the relationship by design idea, you and Hannah would get together, sit down and you would say, here are my needs. You know, I love you. You're my sister. You are somebody who I really care about. And I want to be close to you. And what closeness looks like is... And then she would come to the table with her needs. That was sort of the conversation that's led up to uh, me reaching out to you. Mm -hmm. Well, what can we design that can facilitate this, right? In a practical kind of problem-solving way. I'll give you like some ideas that I I can think of, right? Uh Uh-huh. I don't know Hannah well enough to know, but let's say that she comes in from work comes home and that she does have this need to kind of leave everything behind, close the door, come into her own home and like relax, not having to feel on all the time. It's kind of what I imagine she's feeling. Yeah. 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 That sounds right. Right. So maybe, um, and then you're kind of ready to like 
I'm ready to connect. Let's connect. Let's have a conversation. Like, I've missed you. That's the moment where you're like, oh, you've got a mismatch of needs, right? Is there a way where she takes that first hour? Maybe you come in and you still connect, right? Because we sometimes get attached to a certain strategy to meet our need, right? So your strategy to meet your need for connection right now is a conversation. Like, you want to tell her about your day, you want to hear her day, and you want to have a verbal connection, right? So, um... It sounds like one of your love languages, and we'll talk a little bit about love languages, um, is is words. It's your the way that you connect and the way you show your love and affection for somebody is through conversation, through words. So you're in that state and she's like, I need quiet, right? So can you think of a strategy where you get some you get a feeling of connection without her feeling overwhelmed? So is it that in the first hour that she comes in, then there is a bit of calm in the house. You don't jump to the conversation straight away. Maybe in that first hour, you cook together, you sit on the couch, maybe watch like a, a, a short show or something like that where she does get to power down. And then you can gear into a conversation in a gentle kind of way rather than like you just ready to like pounce on her because you love her and you want connection, not because you're doing anything wrong, but that's just like what your needs are. So she gets that downtime and then she can then gear up a little bit and meet you for your need of a conversation and um, connection in that way. So she's had time to like decompress a little bit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Another strategy that you can try is to have assigned times so people know what they're getting themselves into and they can uh, be prepared. For example, you can say, um, you know, you can have times where it's Ben's time with Hannah, where Ben gets to have those connection conversations. So Friday night, Ben takes out Hannah, buys her a drink you know, brother to sister and gets to vent and have this conversation so that Hannah is emotionally and mentally ready that this is the sibling time that you're going to spend that takes care of Ben's needs. There's something that feels kind of icky about asking Hannah to go out on a date that's specifically to meet my needs. Um, like preferably it would meet both of our needs. But I guess what you're saying is if I need to have that conversation with her, that connection time with her, that's mostly going to meet my needs, then it would be better if it's on her terms. Right. And this is ultimately all about recognizing the needs of other people and how you need to show and receive love. Most of us have different strategies of how what that looks like, right? And this is where this idea of love languages comes. Based on this book by Gary Chapman called Five Love Languages, where he groups these strategies of showing and receiving love into five categories. Okay, five categories. Uh, let's take them one at a time. Um, so one of them is words of affirmation, right? That's when you tell the other person that you love them and why you love them and you pick your words really well and you're being really expressive verbally about um, how, you, how much you love the other person. So words of affirmation is one of them. Words of affirmation. Yeah, this is my mom through and through. Like, I note that every time she gets birthday cards for my sister and I, that's, she cries. She just bursts into tears. And it's because just hearing specifically what, how we feel about her is how she knows that we love her. Um, acts of service is another one. So acts of service is essentially doing things for the other person. It could be something practical, like taking the garbage out, or it could be something special, like giving back rubs and foot rubs or, or, you know, like that kind of like cozy, 
you know, cozy stuff. Right. So that's acts of service. Yeah. And this is my dad. Like my mom used to get pissed at him when we were kids because he would, (laughs) he would like help us by cleaning our rooms or putting our clothes away. And it's because that's just how he showed love. And, uh, yeah, that's interesting. This physical touch, right? So those are the people that love to cuddle, hold hands, play with the other person's hair, right? And it doesn't always have to be romantic or sexual. You know, I cuddle with my cousins all the time, you know, boy and girl cousins. You know, it's not a sexual, there's no sexual tension there. It's just that we have physical touch and that's how we show um, and receive love. Like we hang out on our couch and we kind of cuddle in a cuddle puddle. We know that it releases like oxytocin and serotonin when you have like prolonged physical touch and then there's a calming hormones right so physical touch is something with gifts um i I find that often gifts are misunderstood uh people think that gifting means like elaborate extravagant gifts that are like expensive and you know uh diamonds and 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 flowers um it's not gifting is just a material representation of i was thinking about you you know here's your favorite cold brew because I was going past like your favorite coffee shop and I got it for you. Yeah. Your man, Thomas loves gifts. <laughs> yes, for sure. The other day we were out to lunch and it was at a place I chose and I'm like, the hot sauce here is so good and they actually sell it. And at the end of the meal, he's like, oh, we'll get one of those bottles of hot sauce to go. Exactly. Exactly. Then you have um, quality time, spending time with the other person um, where you really sort of intentionally are be, being, being together and spending time together and connecting during that time. Connecting. Okay. So maybe that one is, is mine. It sounds like. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the thing with, um, the thing with quality time is quality is subjective. Again, with these things, you, this is why the, imagine them as like broad categories. And then you kind of have to drill down to like, what does that look like? You know what I mean? So for example, if you have quality time for Hannah might be, sitting together on the couch and watching a show, right? Maybe that is the quality that she's looking for. Like she's there with you, there's two of you, you're, you know, you're doing something together, which seems like a passive activity, but for her, that is uninterrupting, uninterrupted brother time, mm-hmm. where she doesn't have to be on, where she doesn't have to perform. She can just relax and be in the company of somebody who she feels she loves and accepts her, you know, in her pajamas and and I don't even I don't even know where I was in like her top bun, whatever, with no makeup, and she gets to like chill with somebody that won't judge her, will just love her and accept her and has been in her life since the beginning of time and gets to watch a show that she enjoys. And then you sit and giggle together. Right? Maybe that is the quality time that that she is looking for. Okay, so yes, I mean, that is exactly what I want when I get home. I want, I don't think I can achieve the top bun because my hair is too short, but I do (laughs) basically want to be in pajamas. And I do want to be sitting down and I want to be just like chilling and not being on all day. And watching true crime documentaries. Yes, true crime documentaries, because those those documentaries are not about me. And all of the stress of my life falls away when I witness the stress of others lives. Well, I'm happy to provide that time spent with you. Um, That sounds that sounds good. I think that part of me is like totally happy to say, yeah, I don't need to talk about 
how my day went or problems that I have with you. I can I can bring that to other people in other relationships. And part of me also feels like that's going to lead us to not necessarily being as close, but I, maybe that's but like, I want, I want you to talk about your problems with me. Like I'm your sister. Like that's what I want to do. It's just, it's just a challenge physically, psychologically, physiologically for me to like come home from work and go straight back into leaned in, listening, receiving on mode. It's, it might be physically impossible. Well, I think on top of that, you know, for me, that is nourishing. And for you, that is draining. Even when you're talking about your stuff, like that is for me doing something for you in a way that's nourishing to me. Like that, that feels like quality of time spent to me. But I think that for you, it feels a little bit more like an act of service. Yeah, I know. That just makes me feel like a bad sister. And I'm like so icky about that. Like, I don't want it to be, I don't want it to seem like an act of service for me to listen to you. That feels like bad. I feel like a failure as a sister. Well, I don't know if this is really about failure. It's just about figuring out what actually is happening. Because, you know, if the choice is for you to either feel like a failure because you're not doing this thing for me or feel totally drained because you are doing this thing for me, but just not acknowledging it to yourself, then that is a lose-lose situation for both of us. Yeah. I mean, one thing that I like that Effie said is the idea of designing your relationship. And while I feel like you're right, you know, in what you said, that it could be a little bit contrived at times. Um, I wonder if there are like other things that we could do that would really feel like positive for both of us. Or if there's a design that we're missing here, is there some way of creating our time together that makes more sense for both of us? Funnily enough, on, on that note, Effie invited me to this event that her company Curious Fox is throwing this like spring soiree where they're talking about all the different love languages and they have all sorts of little events and booths. And that might be a fun place for us to figure out how we could spend our quality time together. Ooh, yes. Do you want to go? Yes. Okay. It's this Thursday. Ooh, ooh. Okay. Yes. I will figure that out. I know. Short notice, but it's going to be fun. Yeah. Cool. All right. Let's do it. I'll see you there. Hannah and I arrive at a mansion in Brooklyn. We get our wrists stamped and head down to the basement. We're greeted by Curious Fox COO Jackie Misla, who's giving a couple of partygoers the rundown. We are doing it in the love languages, and so there are going to be different stations that express the different ways in which we love and give love and get love. And so, for example, if you are interested in some quality time, we have places where you can lounge, and we have some cards where you can ask each other some deep questions. If you, physical touch is your game, we have some masseuses who are teaching how to give the perfect massage. And then if acts of service is how you like to get or receive love, we have a barista who is teaching you how to make the perfect cup of coffee, followed by a part of bartender is going to teach you how to make the perfect cocktail, followed by someone who's going to teach you how to make the perfect cup of hot chocolate. If words of affirmation is your game, we have a word wall where you can post some things, and we also have some poets who are going to come. You're going to give them some keywords, and they're going to write you a poem that you can gift. Beyond the exit door, there is the outdoor area where there is the bar and some snacks. I'm going to go get a drink. I'm going to go talk to people. Cool. Peace. So fill it up all the way once. There you go. Pour it in there. Beautiful. At the Acts of Service station, a couple of master mixologists are whipping up the perfect margarita with a crowd of spectators. So now we can flip it over. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Then, one ounce of mango juice. No, we're not gonna do we're not gonna do mango. We're oh, just gonna do smoking. Oh right, because it's gonna stall. 
Exactly. Silly don't want to take away from the mezcal. So we're yeah. one ounce of simple syrup here. I personally prefer if Ben would make me macaroni and cheese or something of the pasta variety. Meanwhile, I went on an interview hunt and found Justine by the fire pit, who's here on a date with the missus. What's your what's your guys's like love languages? Is that too intimate for me to ask? <laughs> no, not too intimate, but it's different languages. I think I have one and she has another. What 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 would you say they are? I think my love language is acts of service. One, when I first read the book, one thing I re- that stood out to me, if you're trying to figure out what your love language is, it's probably the one that you feel like shows love to other people. So if I show up to my wife's place and I'm like, look, honey, I did all the dishes for you. We're like, look, hey, let me fold your laundry, right? And I'm getting all giddy, excited about doing something. That's probably what how I actually want other people to show love. But in fact, it may be that the way she really feels love most of the time is like could be gifts or it could be quality time, which is probably her 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 favorite love language. It's not like you just have one gas tank, right? You have like if you drive, if you're making your car run well, you have your uh, your radiator needs to be filled up with fluids. You've got your gas tank, you know your oil, your windshield wiper fluid, right? They're all important, right? And you know, no matter how full your gas tank is, if uh, you're low on oil, the car is not going to run well, and so each one of those five love languages that kind of need to be topped off periodically. So that's why I came. So you said that your love language is acts of service and that your partner's love language is quality time. Do you find it difficult to remember like, oh, I I don't need to do the dishes for her. I need to just like hang out with her for two hours. And that's really what she wants. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's sort of what the journey has been, has been realizing that, you know, and it's, it's, it's not that, she wouldn't necessarily appreciate some acts of service or physical touch, but there, there's there's one sort of love language often that that, that each person is, needs a special attention paid to, which in I think my wife's case is 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 quality time and and for me it's 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 acts of service. Like if I if I ask my wife, you're like, hey, I really need help responding to an email, a really important work email, and she's like, oh no, I'm, no, I'm not too busy. I feel a little abandoned, right? And likewise, if I sh- if I show up to her place and um, I'm, I just want to write emails with her and, and collaborate, and she just wants to sit down and do absolutely nothing, she's going to feel kind of abandoned. Back inside, massage guru Amber teaches physical touch. Cool. So, welcome. I'm going to teach a little bit of partner massage, just some beginner massage techniques for working with a little bit of stress for the neck and shoulders. Maybe you've been at the computer all day. If someone became very good at massages just for me, I think I would marry them. But Ben can just get me a gift certificate. So I'm going to stand up right behind and I'm going to bend my knees and I'm just going to use the heel of my hand to just give a little bit of pressure. While Hannah picks up some nice tricks about how to make the best cocktails and give the best massages, I go speak to Jackie Misla, the COO of Curious Fox, about how Hannah and I can really optimize our conversations in our one-on-one quality time. So if you're interested in having some quality time, if that's the way that you show and receive love, we have an area where you can lounge and we have some hosty cards, which are prompt cards where you can ask each other questions and get a little bit deeper and get to know each other some more. Like what kind of prompts? So prompts around words that people who you know and love would describe you, things that maybe light you up, things that make you feel afraid. And so there's some different possibilities for you to go and ask each other questions and get a little deep, all while kind of lounging on some fun pillows. Looking around this party, at the couples lounging around, locked in deep eye contact, asking serious questions and answering them sincerely, 
making finger paintings for each other, giving loving massages, swapping sensual kisses by the fire, a few thoughts crossed my mind. Why didn't I bring a date? But also, this party is such a clear rejection of the idea of effortlessness. The connections being made here tonight are built on effort. They are gestures towards your loved ones, a service, an affirmation, a gift, proving the lengths you'll go to show your love. As they started serving hot chocolate with mint leaves, Ben and I went around asking, how do you show love? I show my, I show my love by letting people be themselves or just, you know, um, cherishing uh, all parts of themselves. I show my love by cooking delicious meals for the people that I love. I cook breakfast and dinner and I clean. Um, I'm a very service-oriented person. I show my love by making midnight hot chocolate with spicy additives like cayenne and ginger. Through compliments, through actions, affirmations. I show my love by listening and uplifting, you know, providing relief through encouraging words or just space. And I feel loved when I have that the same way. That's given. And the person allows me to have my range. I can be dark, I can be whatever I am in the moment, and I, it's fine. I don't have to be the uplifter all the time. I can tell you how he shows his love. Sure. Okay. <laughs> how does he show his love? Um, he, a lot of, like, physical contact. Uh, he's, he listens. He listens really well. And uh, I think you validate me a lot. Trying to think of, like, rated PG things, too. He's always worried about if I'm hungry. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I want someone to worry if I'm hungry. She shows her love by giving compliments that are unnecessary and embarrassing. Uh, she also shows her love by being available, being available when I'm uncomfortable and being available or seeking out when I'm uncomfortable, I guess, to know. Um, she shows her love by wanting me a lot. More than I deserve to be wanted. <laughs> That's so sweet and kind of sad also. Yeah. <laughs> you deserve love. Yes, he does. He does. A lot. <laughs> A lot. Yeah. You guys are so sweet. Thank you. Okay. We came, we saw, we experienced love languages. What are your biggest takeaways? I think the biggest thing that I'm going to take away is that you definitely want to uh, chiffonade the mint before you put it in the mint chocolate. And you're better off using some kind of mint oil. Honestly, the full mint yeah. leaves, it, yeah. it, it, doesn't, it doesn't pair well. Yeah, for sure. I agree. That's definitely significant to our relationship. So good call. Thank you. Yeah, but the sea salt yep. mm-hmm. was choice. Uh, what else did you take away? Okay, well, fine. Uh, <laughs> you know, one thing that felt like a constant is that you really are trying to be seen and heard in this life. That's what everyone has in common. That's what all these love languages all share. And that comes in different forms, but 
it makes me think that our goal to come out of this with some mutually equivalent way of of spending our quality time that's going to let us both be seen and heard was sort of silly because we're individuals and that part of being in an adult relationship is figuring out how to give and take where you have to have generosity and see and hear your loved one and in equal measure you have to be aware of who you are and open about your needs and and not build up a uh, an imbalance in that relationship i think that the desire for our all of our time spent together in this adult nuanced complicated relationship to be equally good for both of us was sort of a childish have your cake and eat it too solution i think it's both like i think that you have moments where you're giving and taking and that gives you energy to have moments where you're really sharing together and both experiencing love in the same moment I also think, you know, you and I, we were siblings, but we also chose to be more to each other than that, you know? And so we, we have to keep choosing that, um, because that's, what's going to sort of help us get through life together. In a way that comes down to a similar idea that healthy marriages come down to, which is that love is work and you have to continue to do the work. So the other thing that I took away was that when you're really familiar with someone, it sort of breeds complacency, right? Like you're so familiar, everything must be fine all the time, probably, you know? And and I think that you and I, especially now that we live together, it's even more of a spirit of comfort and complacency and just do nothing and nothing will change. But I do think that something probably needs to change so that we can nurture our relationship in a more adult way. And of course, you know, complacency, nothing happening, doing nothing. That's a very, that's a very non grown up way to approach life. So I think we want to approach life in a more grown up way and really take action and have intention. This idea that because we've known each other so long that we don't necessarily feel the need to continue to explore each other's needs or wants. That's a fallacy. I mean, we're growing and our lives are changing and we need to constantly re-evaluate each other as though we aren't that familiar because the truth is our familiarity is constantly changing. Right. And and our relationship is like a living thing. Yeah. The person that I knew you to be when you were a teen is not the person that I know you to be now. Thank God. Jesus. Thank <laughs> God. That would have been, ooh, ooh, no. <laughs> Mm-mm. One of the things at the spring soiree was this question series. There were a bunch of cue cards where you could ask questions of one another. I mean, outside of the context of this show, you and I don't necessarily ask some of these key questions to understand who the other one is. And I think that it could be fun and meaningful for us to take a moment to do that. Do you want to take a moment to do that? I do. <laughs> okay. What's your question? <laughs> okay. What is your most treasured memory most i mean a a treasured memory a very treasured memory i'm trying to expose something new to you or we're we're sort of having like a quality time moment right now it's a quality time moment and it doesn't necessarily have to be an answer that i wouldn't guess but it's a way of acknowledging that your answer may have changed without my noticing oh okay Okay. Okay. So we're having like a quality time slash we're committed to learning more about each other in this moment. We're committed to having solid quality time. And that means continuing to see and hear each other. Okay. Oh, I love that. Okay. Okay. So my most treasured memory, um, I really liked when in Denver, it would be like a 
huge snowstorm, like a four feet of snow snowstorm. You know, it would be definitely like a snow day. And I think we must have been probably ages like, you know, 10, 12. And we would just like get in our snow pants and snowshoes and like our ski goggles and stuff and just like play in the snow for a full day. Yeah, I love that. That was so fun. It's funny because that's a, one that I was really going to bring to the table too. There was this really? one. Yes, there's this one in particular where we were jumping off the uh, brick wall behind our house into the big, oh, yeah. big snow pile. It's like a big snow drift. It was so much snow that we could jump off this six foot brick wall without any risk of injury at all. And I remember that we would just take turns diving into it. It just seems like something out of Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, that was so fun. We were just like giggling. Yeah, I like that one. Oh, I'm glad that that was one for you, too. Do you remember when I fell off into the snow and I just stopped moving altogether and you guys thought that I was dead? Yeah, but you you later said, didn't you just say you were just like enjoying the experience of being underneath a bunch of snow. I on it honestly felt kind of like a womb like state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's like a womb. <laughs> it was a womb of snow. But you guys were so freaked out. You're like, bad, bad. I was like, Ben's dead. He has broken his neck and he is dead. Well, I feel just like a child. This episode was a collaboration with the Curious Fox podcast, a show for those who challenge the status quo in love, sex, and relationships. We'll have a link in the show notes. Thanks to Effie Blue and the team at Curious Fox for their help with today's episode. To learn more about Curious Fox or Relationship by Design, go to effieblue.com. On the next episode of Grown Up Questions, we celebrate Hannah Green's 29th birthday with the help of author, activist, ageism expert, and TED talker Ashton Applewhite. If you have any questions, feedback, or story pitches, go to grownupquestions.com slash contact and send us a message. If you'd like today's show, tell a friend. We'll be in your feed in two weeks.